you are listening to 1252 Sports Entertainment. Parental discretion may be advised. Woo! It's about that time. Fat Mike, Chicago Sports. (laughs) Yeah. Finally here, finally here. Shot City Sports is right here. Updates on news, get it here. The rumors, cause we keep it real. Fat Mike, sit back, relax, sugar beer, one of them nights. Hey, this is Carmen DeFalco from ESPN Chicago, and you're listening to the Fat Mike Sports Show. Hey, this is Dave Richard from CBS Sports, and you're listening to the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Hi, this is Jesse Rogers from the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Hey, everyone, I'm Scott Merkin, the longtime White Sox beat writer for MLB.com and proud graduate of the University of Michigan. You're listening to me on the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. This is Chuck Arfine, and you are listening to the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. It's the Fat. Hey, what's up? This is Greg Braggs Jr. from Braggs in the Stands. You're listening to my guys on the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Boom! Hey everyone, Fred Hilfner from ESPN 1000. Great to be on the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. I'm Dan Zaborski, senior writer for Fangraphs, and you're listening to Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. I'm JJ Stankovitz from NBCSportsChicago.com and the Undercenter Podcast, and you're listening to the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Hey, Sparkle. You know what I listen to? It's the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show with my guy, Fat Mike. If you listen anywhere else, no shock. Listen to Fat Mike. Fat. Hey, what's up, everybody? Everybody, welcome to an all-new. Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Our guy Fat Mike was just there. We might be having some internet connection problems right now, but that's all right. I'll take the reins, jump in, you know. Uh, Oh, oh, I think he's coming back. There he is. is. Unbelievable, Ah. man. I tell you this internet stuff, I can't get back. Good thing I didn't have my mic muted this time to start the show. Holy moly. Well, I'm glad my mic wasn't muted there. I was like, this piece of shit. I was ready to touch down, spike my computer right here, right now. <laughs> welcome, everybody, and welcome back to another Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. I am your host, Fat Mike Chicago. With me, as always, my Angelo, my ace, my Camacho, my heterosexual life mate, Angelo Ace Camacho. And also joining us tonight is Alan Bratcher, who makes this whole me? thing work here at 1252, this guy. Without you this might guy, remember would... him from the sport court episodes that yeah. we've done. He's kind of the one that held the episode down, but I, I, <laughs> just, I remember him from such films as "May Your Mother Have a Baby" or "May Your Mama Have Another Baby." I hope nobody's mama had a baby, right? Or "May Your Girlfriend Get I a Pig." You remember him in such no. films from "May Your Mother Get a Pig." I hate. You. I actually wanted to get a pet pig at one point. Well, you Mike, I, actually, I would take a pet pig. Mike well, actually tried conning my girlfriend into having me get her two pet pigs. I bet, so I like bet she wanted the shit out of that, huh? Let's oh, let's give some let's give some feedback on how this all started. So, <laughs> Alan, this is how it started. Your girlfriend posted a thing that she saw some pigs for sale and she's like, "I want to get one." You immediately just say, "No." Well, I mean, there was probably I'm pretty sure there was like 15 Os attached to the no. At least. And I was like, okay. I'm like, well, you know, you can't just get one. He has to have a playmate. So you definitely got to get two. 
And then now I'm all aboard on getting a pig too. So let's, yeah. let's get well, pigs. The I best part the is once you get fatten it up, you can kill it and eat it for breakfast. That's what I like to yeah, call you them. Just name, you, for dinner. That's what I'm going to call them. You just got to name it bacon. <laughs> like, you know, My something. brother actually had a, um, a real live full grown in the house pet pig and his name was bacon. There he you go. Him, okay. Yeah, he had him for about I think 17 or 18 years. He had that pig. Dude, yeah. pet pigs, that's the way to go. That's like the it new is. trend nowadays. Yeah, a lot of people love it. Vince, I would, would you get, get a, a micro pig? pig as long as it stays like this big, you know? Yeah. I'd get a micro pig. Oh, look at this. We already got Cubs oh, talk man. coming in fast. I'm already, got Cubs I'm already we got Cubs talk, talk coming in fast, man. Joe Lagerman. My favorite man, he's coming player quick. right now, Nico Horner. That's huge. This guy has been giving them a boost. <laughs> boost of youth. Boost yeah. of, you know, exuberant energy, playing great defense. I, I was upset when he went down, man. I think it's going to yeah. be big for them. I really do. I've been saying the same exact thing, man. Angelo and I were talking at the beginning of the year, and we are all – I was all, all aboard – Okay, listen, we know what Jed Hoyer said in the beginning of the year. I guess we're just going to kind of bounce right into right into the Cubs talk before we bring on our guest, Scott Mark. Yeah, thanks, Joe. About Cubs uh, good job, Joe. What a dick, fuck Joe. Good job, Buck. Yeah, fuck micro pig talk. <laughs> Sounds like but a no, superhero. Like, listen, Nico Horner, man, I really like what this kid offers to this Cub team. I think yeah. he's, he, he could be a very valuable piece moving forward. I like his game. I And I was kind of – I was talking to – who the hell I was talking to? One of my brothers, or one of my either my father or one of my brothers. But I envision this kid to kind of be like a like kind of like a Jeff Kent type of player. Oh, wow. okay. All right. Like that, that's that that's my that's my ceiling on Nico Horner, a guy that just rakes in RBIs all the time, yeah. a guy that just hits the shit out of the ball and just an absolute RBI machine. And so far, he's been that when he plays for the Chicago Cubs. I yeah. really like this kid, and this hamstring injury, man, boy, did it look bad. It did not look pretty. It did not look. He's pretty sitting yet. at a three thirty eight batting average. That's yeah. fucking. That's woo. That's that's right. gonna be a. That's gonna be a sad. That's gonna be a big yeah. bat miss in the lineup. I was screaming yeah, at the beginning of the year for them to bring him up, but you know how they have to have him out because of the stupid rule about making sure you can have him for one more year. We call it artificial it's suppression. The most ridiculous right. rule of all time, but you know. I would love to have him under contract one more year because remember when we did it with uh, Chris Bryant? Yep. It's nice to have him for that one last year now, isn't it? Or I mean, because he would already be out of town right now. True. You know, right now he'll be out of town in four he weeks. Anyways. last year, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he'll be out of town in forty games, anyways, right? Yeah. Let's hope. I hope at least because man, like you can rebuild your whole farm system just with him. You've got Kimbrel. You've got Baez. You know, you could get a haul back, or you can try to win one division championship this year. Which In a shitty division, guys? yeah. Like honestly, like it's pretty pretty simple answer. So I, I beg to ask the question, and the question that I have, okay, right now the Cubs sit what a full game out of first place because yep. the Sox lost to the Cardinals earlier this afternoon. They're twenty five and, and twenty two today. They're twenty five and twenty two. So I'm going to ask this question to you guys: If the Cubs take over first place here before the deadline. Do you think the Cubs are buyers or sellers? What do you think? So, Angela, I'll, I'll let you go first. Go ahead. So the majority of the fan base, we know them, right? The meatheads, they want to win no matter what. I personally would be sellers. I just don't see we've, – we've been on this road with this Cubs team for too long. Mark. They do just enough to win the division. They make it to the playoffs, and then they'd have no – 
offensive performance once they reach the playoffs. Chris Bryant's probably not signing the, the contract you want to give him. Javi might. Eh, maybe not. I think it's time you move on, man. Get get what you can from Chris for Chris Bryant. Get what you can for Kimbrell. Uh, those two guys could at least get you top 100 prospects to at least start rebuilding that farm system. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I have the same opinion as you do. It's like I was just talking with Angelo about this, you know, just a few minutes before we jumped on. You know, you can reload your entire farm system this year. Yep. You can get rid of Kimbrell for a good hefty price. You can get some some more young pitching in here. You can get rid of Javi or Chris Bryant, you know. And honestly, I'm even wondering about Wilson Contreras because he's got one one year left on his deal. So you could probably get a nice haul for him even if you wanted. I, I know that's not a name that people say a lot, throw that around, but it's just one that it's kind of intrigued me because we're going to be in the same scenario with him next year. So – why not try to get the biggest bang for your buck now and just unload it all? Just get rid of it all and start over. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of right there with you, man. I mean, obviously, I mean, I, honestly, between the three of us, who thinks the Cubs are going to win the World Series? I mean, it's not going to happen. Even if you, <laughs> even, even if you win the NL Central, it's not going to happen. If you somehow, if no you way. somehow miraculously come out in first place in the top of the NL Central. What do you guys? What do you guys envision? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe a first round advantage, and no, then getting maybe. bounced in the second round. If, that, the first if round. That, that's the thing, is that I mean, they on, so which so what's the team are they going to be? Exactly, right. and right now you know? we all know that their starting pitching has been dog shit. All right, I mean, and that's the everybody on this. Their bullpen has been fantastic. Yeah, I think they're top. Well, they're they're the best in baseball. Right, I right think now. they are actually. It's one of them. I don't know if if they are the best, but I know they're they're. They're up there. They've been looking really good. Yeah. But, I mean, their starting pitcher between Trevor Williams, between Adbo, uh, Adbert Azale, Kyle Hendricks, Trevor Williams, and Jake Arrieta, it has not looked pretty. It has I not looked pretty. I think Azale starting to slowly come around a little bit. But I, I do, too. I kind of like some of his stuff. But then, you know, you losing know, just young, that, but... Right. No, I – listen – uh, I'm there. I'm right there with you, but that starting pitching is not going to take you. No, it's not going to take you to the World Series. No. It, it's just it's not going to do it unless and those they become bats aren't consistent enough to take them there as well. They're super know? inconsistent. And one, how, really quick, I want to bring this up too. How about Jock Peterson last night? Oh yeah. I mean, I, come on, man, Jock Peterson. I, I told everybody at the beginning like of the year, Angelo, you were. Like, Angelo, you were witness good. to this. I was like, listen, I think Jock's a little bit better of a player than than mm-hmm. Kyle Schwarber is. Yes. Yep. And, and he's like, uh, uh, he, a lot he of people were like, defense. oh, it's the same guy. Mike it's like, not no. the same dude, man. Jock he's Peterson, better he's better defensively. Yeah. And listen, Jock Peterson right now is betting, what, 265, 270? Around there. I but can actually ooh, look for you. Yeah, he's been, he's been. What's Kyle, what's Kyle Hendricks betting? What's Kyle <laughs> Schwarber betting? Like what? Maybe a buck eighty-one. I, I know. Like we can go. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. Maybe Schwarber like, is batting a two twenty-nine. Oh, I was close. And ah, Jock Peterson <laughs> is—he's got to be like a two sixty or like two fifty. Two sixty-seven. Boom! So, Kyle Schwarber killing it. Kyle Schwarber just straight up killing it. Yeah, I've, I mean, yeah. And 
just like you said, Mike, defensively, what does Jock bring? Yeah. Much far more. But and I think honestly, even too, I think if I remember correctly, if you look at their contracts, they're right. saving a substantial amount of money right. by having Jock. Yep. So I like Jack going that forward, benefit. man. I really, I really do like Jack going forward. I think, I think if this team, if this, if this Cubs team was smart, you try and go out and get every, everything you possibly can for a hot Chris Bryant at the deadline. Nobody's going to want to pick up I mean, third he's base. He's hot all the time. He's the only one. That is hot right now. <laughs> all right, get it. That's what I'm. Okay, Look, Scott Boris is anyways, somewhere smiling. <laughs> if you can, if you can get something for Chris Bryant right now, if you can grab a top tier pitching prospect and and a major league starting pitcher, yeah. All right, do it. Yeah. And what the fuck? I mean, that's pretty much what probably what you're going to get anyways. Yeah. You can probably get a top tier pitching prospect and an MLB ready starter or an MLB starter at the moment yeah. is what Chris you could probably get for Chris Bryant. Yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna rake in a haul for Chris Bryant. It's not going to happen. I don't think yeah. you're gonna rake in a haul for any of these guys. No. Kimbrell no. might be the one that yields you the most return because he's more valuable in the playoffs. Look at it like a yeah, where he's at right now. Don't forget though either. I mean, look look how different it is though. Come come January meetings to come MLB trade deadline. Yeah. Right. You know, winter meetings. Nobody wants a fucking closer. No. But come the come the All Star break right before right before the trade deadline, everybody's pawing at your zipper to grab a reliever. Yeah. Right. All right. So if you if you if he keeps on pitching the way he's pitching. And you can deal him for something in return that's a big a big profit or something that you can put in your system, something that you can plug in what you have currently. Yeah. Do it now. I mean, what are you waiting for? I don't. I, I mean, what are you guys on the same boat with me on that? What What are some of the teams that are at you know tra- at the All Star break trade deadline that are going to be real contenders that could use a closer right now. Boston, Boston looks great. Oh. Yankees are coming back into the hunt. Tampa Bay is going to be there. Tampa Bay Houston actually Astros, Houston Astros may be there. All right, I mean, you got a lot of teams that are What about the Chicago White Sox? What about the Cleveland Indians? You know, yeah, there's there's plenty of teams in there. Yeah. In the National League, you're telling me that you wouldn't try and sign up Craig Kimbrell for a Facebook return to Atlanta? Hey, Facebook YouTube, user, buddy. once again, Go to YouTube. Go to YouTube and you see what I'm saying? I mean, you're telling me that you wouldn't try and sign Craig Kim if you were the Atlanta Braves, you wouldn't want Craig Kimbrell again. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? Like, I and mean, put it that they way. They have a good farm system as well. They have right. You, give can up, fi- you can possibly sure. get something back for that. Yeah. You gotta be sellers. This team is not going to win the World Series. As I'm a diehard Cub fan, guys. Same. Diehard Cub fan. But they're not going to win the World Series with fucking Trevor Williams. A 39 year old, 36 year old, seven year old Jake Garrietta, Kyle Hendricks, who's saucing up a fucking five ERA. And it's, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Oh my God, Tarbell. The okay, Tarbell. Be buyers. There okay. are, you are so, fucking. Mm. So think about this, Tarbell. Remember how we just shopped off our, you know, probably. You Darvish? Remember pitcher? how you just shopped off you Darvish for fucking peanuts? You're going to go and buy. A pitcher probably spend more than what you spent just to give up you, Darvish. That would be catastrophic for this team. That would be catastrophic. It's the wrong move to make. It would be. It you would make to be getting rid of the writing's on the wall. And, you know, Jed Hoyer even said at the beginning of the year once they shopped, like this. This is a. Uh, I forget what the words that he said. Somebody help me here. This well, is I, an inter, not, I not an intermittent on, year. What did he say? I forget what well, he said. I heard him say it's a young man's game. 
And that alone told me the direction he wants to take this team. You know, he's ready to, to start his own baby. You know, right. he's he's been living in this big giant shadow that he should have been living in, you know, with our past, you know, world beating, you know, <laughs> GM that is my favorite GM of all time. You know, and I know. And, um, you know, Theo Epstein, much, your president. Yes, sir. GM, whatever you want to call him. But, President you know, of the United States. He should be. <laughs> he should run baseball right now. Yeah, he changed, we don't need he, to get into that round. The Red Sox and the Cubs. I mean, he should be the commissioner yeah. of the league today, but he's not. But anyway, getting back to Hoyer, you know, he wants to start his own thing. He wants to start his own movement and prove what he can bring to the table. And he's not going to do that buying guys after right. he just sold you Darvish. It's just not going to happen, bud. I'm sorry, right. Andrew. I do not and agree. <clears throat> to, to, to bring it back, kind of, you know, kind of like the Hugh Darvish, kind of relative. Did you guys see the fucking weekend Fernando Tatis had this past weekend? Oh, my God. He had two swings and hit almost 900 feet of ball. Did, no, but did you see what he did, like, collectively? He was, like, 12 for, like, he was, like, 12 for 15 with four walks, three strikeouts, four homers, 14 RBIs, and a 698 batting average. Yeah, that's the dude is insane. I mean, good lord! They're stealing him still, good even with lord. that big contract. He's only twenty-three. It's a ten-year contract, I think. Will you he know? be on the same level as Mike Trout in five years? I think so. I do. I think so. And think there were there was an argument. And I'll bring it back. I'm going to call him out right now. My buddy Luchachenko. He's he he always comments on the twelve to two stuff. Comments on our pages and stuff like that. And a few weeks ago, everybody was like, Fernando Tatis this, Fernando Tatis that. Excuse me, I apologize. And he was even said he even said he's like Fernando Tatis isn't even the best player in his state. I disagree completely. It was it was like okay. I, well, I remember at, hearing that at, at that time, <laughs> at that specific time, I was like, you know what? You're right because Mike Trout is the best player on the in in the MLB the world. The world. All right, until proven otherwise. Well, Mike There's Trout's hurt right now out six to eight weeks. Yeah. Isn't well, Mike and, Trout hurt a lot? Huh? I mean, no. Doesn't Mike Trout get hurt quite a bit? No. At least no. where there's a little You just stretches. don't hear about him because he's out west. And, yeah, yeah, well, he's hurt now. He's, he, 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 he has been a little banged up over the last couple of years, but he's always right, played so at least fun. 140 seasons. Yeah. 140 seasons, 140 games. All right. But, no, like, listen, like, okay. So let's 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 do this debate really quick. Alan, who would you rather have going forward, Mike Trotter or Fernando Tatis? Fernando Tatis, because he's younger. Younger, okay. And for right, that who's, contract, who's... oh my God, like they're stealing him. Forget, let's do productivity alone. Productivity alone, still. Right now, yeah. still, I would go yep. Tatis. I'm even going to throw Otani in that little mix because he's going to give you starting pitching ability and he's yep. still batting almost as good as those guys. So Otani would be one I'd even throw in there. I know that's not a name everybody likes, but I. No, if Otani was on any him. other team except for the Angels, he'd be. Oh known. my God, he'd, like, he'd be a god. <laughs> if he was in Chicago, which we did try to get him, I remember yep. that. I was begging for that kid. I watched some of him just playing overseas just to get myself a little more comfortable with him. And I'm like, there's no way this guy's going to do this here, and he's exceeding expectations by far. And he's one of the best pitchers in the end or in the whole league right now i mean he's he's worth it to me 
I would throw him in. But for me, number one, it's got to be Tatis. Has to be right now. He's killing it. He brings yeah. everything. All right, so I'm, I'm I'm looking at Mike Trout right now, and since he's the guy, the guy literally has the he has a, a twenty. He has a seventy six point one career WAR. Wins above Earth. That's ridiculous. Three hundred. A career lifetime three hundred five. Three hundred five. And two base percentage of 419, a slug of 583, and an OPS of 1.002, and an OPS plus is 176. That's his career numbers, guys. The 40 yeah, what are his 117 at bats, 39 hits, eight homers, a 333 batting average, 23 runs, 18 RBIs, two stolen bases. Huh? I was just wondering what his career postseason. Angelo, <laughs> they're never zero, in the fucking postseason. Zero. No, he played three games. Never in the postseason. Uh, I was gonna say he's played a couple, but not very many. All right. But okay, let's until in, until Tati starts putting up numbers of let's see here, twenty-seven, ninety-seven, and a three twenty-three, thirty-six, one eleven, and a two eighty-seven, forty-one, ninety-two, ninety-nine, twenty-nine, a hundred, and a three fifteen. 3372 and a 306, 3979 and a 312. Listen, guys, it's it's undoubtedly Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. Oh, hands down. I can't disagree with you there. Hands I down. It, it, I, I mean, mean, listen, there's going to come a time, but listen, there's going to come a time that either Acuna or Soto or Tatis or whomever is going to take over this throne. But for right now, it's Mike Trout, and it's without a doubt. I mean, I don't know. How how old is Mike Trout? He's got to be like Mike 29. Trout. 29, is, right? Okay. He is 29 years old, right? Okay. Correct. So he's still got three, four, probably decent, good years left in him. So I, I would, would say, say five. I would say five. Five? Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, right now, if you're trying to build around somebody, though, for the future – I'm solely going Tatis just because of that, just because of the fact that he's 23. And he brings that swag, man. I, I love watching that kid play. I absolutely love watching him play. He steals the show every game. True. Absolutely. He does. But and there's a uh, lot more about it than that. But I mean, I, I get it. But, okay, so both of them play in California, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I just who do you hear a lot more? <laughs> who do you hear a lot more about <laughs> over the season? Just – Tatis, right? Well, that's well, all about been hurt too now. So right, yeah. Mike, this well, is okay, so you're going to hear about you're going to hear more about Tatis because it's young, and they have a more star-studded cast out there, especially with the pitching staff and with how hot that division is between the Dodgers and Padres. What team in the AL West is a compatible is it is a competable team? There isn't one. There isn't one. Uh, exactly. <laughs> including the Angels. Including exactly. Them. Including the Angels, including the Rangers, including the A's, including the Seattle Mariners. Those fucking teams blow. Dogs. Well, for right, but isn't that even more of a reason why like you should hear more about, about Mike Trout? Because that division's terrible. You would think he'd be able to help raise that team to a level of being able to bring that team at least to the front. You know what I mean? Like like the White Sox division is terrible too. Maybe it's because we live in Chicago that I hear so much about that division. 
probably, but in the same breath, like if the Angels were competitive like the White Sox are, you would hear about them. I just – I have a – I don't know. I think Tatis has everything you look for in a franchise player. He's got the look. He's got the attitude. He's got the ability. I think – I think you're more riding the MLB The Show bandwagon. <laughs> I'm not trying to shit on you. you no, I mean, I'm I, not trying to yeah, shit on you. I, I like, I, I like I, the show. I, you like the show, and you like the, the youth of the game, and you like the more bat-flippy type of stuff, and that's that's cool. That's all fine. They need that. But you need that for to bring in youth, and I understand that. I get that. But, dude, numbers don't lie, man. <laughs> I'm like, is this a school mentality type of baseball fan? Because we know how you felt about the whole, you know, 3 0 home run thing with. um, No, it wasn't. No, you don't know how I felt. All I said was, okay, you have a. It's 3 0. You have a position player on the mound. If you ignore a sign, you should get scolded, but it should have been held back in, in. out of the fucking media is what I meant by all that. It should have been handled outside of the media. Tony LaRusso just sat down in your meeting and said, hey, asshole, you do that again, you're fucking riding pine. Plain and simple. All right. You should. Tony LaRusso needs to learn how to shut his fucking mouth and not bring everything front forward and do his thing. Him throwing his player under the bus yes. is 100% bullshit. Yeah. All right. I don't back Tony LaRusso on that. What I do back Tony LaRusso on like I had mentioned to Alan, like I had mentioned to you, Angelo, what I do back Tony LaRusson is today. It's like just like today. They bunt guys over, get them on, get them over, get them in. All right. Unfortunately, today it didn't work out in Tony's favor. The get them, get them over didn't work. I watched that entire game. The get them on, get them over didn't get them in because the guys that you had later in the lineup, later in later in the, the the batting order, couldn't fucking put wood on ball. Plain and simple. Right, and you're going to have games like that. You're going to have right. games like that. But Tony La Russa is the only fucking manager in baseball right now playing that way. And that is solely the reason why the fucking why the White Sox are in first place. And I'm not going to deny I'm not going to sit there and beat around the bush on that. Because Tony La Russa plays small ball, because Tony La Russa plays to win inning by inning by inning to win a game. That's the reason that team is in first place. You know why I think they're in first place? Because they why? beat up on bad teams. They haven't played enough good <laughs> and that's teams fine. You know what? You, that, the that's it too. You, you, beat up, you beat up on bad you know? teams. That's cool, too. You got to be able to beat up on bad teams. Yeah. But now they got to get over that hump. And as we sit here and fucking wait for Scott Merkin to come on here, I don't know where he's at. He said he was going to be on at 715. But as we sit here waiting for Scott, we're, now we're talking about the Sox here. This 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 White Sox team is a fucking stud team. They are studs, star-studded. I mean, with Abreu, Moncada, Tim Anderson. I like Adam Eaton. Eloy Jimenez is now hurt. Luis Roberts now hurt. Yosemite Grandal couldn't catch a cold or couldn't hit water if he fucking fell out of a boat. But you he's know, got their best. He has their best um, hitting average. Or no, no, no. He's got their basic. Um, OPS, I believe. I believe so. I'd have to look, but he's actually their best ranked offensive player right now. Well, he's terrible defensively. Defensively, he can't catch a cold. Correct, but offensively, terrible defensively. Absolutely brings. I remember. I I remember a few years back, I was arguing with the guys at Barstool. Not even a year (laughs) back, 
we, I was arguing with the guys at Barstool, and they were sitting there. They're like, when they picked him up, they're like, um, I'm like, I'm like, well, where are you gonna bat this clown? You know what I mean? Like, where are you gonna yeah. bat this guy? And they're like, oh, we're gonna bat him number two. I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like, you're gonna bat this guy number two? Like, his OBP is horseshit. The guy doesn't walk. No, you know, like, are you are you are you kidding me? Like, what are you doing? Like Why would you bat this guy too? Be, yeah, I wouldn't put him too. Like eight, ever. eight would be eight. suffice. <laughs> seven, seven, eight would be suffice. Yeah. Seven, eight, somewhere in that range, that would be. good. I'll tell you who I really like. Who's come on? And I'm glad they're giving him a lot more opportunity now. Is Andrew Vaughn? I really think that kid's going to be something offensively for them. Honestly, going forward. I, I don't like know Andrew Vaughn too, man. He looks I good. I do. He's got some slap on that ball, man. He can hit it a mile too. He's got some good strength. He's he's fun to watch, but he's just again, it just had to take un- more unfortunate injuries for him to actually get some playing time in there, which is sad but true, you know. But and you know, I'm a big fan of Adam Eaton coming back. He's somebody that they need in the outfield right away because yeah. they're Listen, outfield. I, I, I have Alan, you aren't fucking joking. A- Angelo, you can even you can even attest to this. I have been on the Adam Eaton train since they signed this yeah, dude. We man. talked to Carmen about it. Yeah, we talked exactly. Eaton. We talked to Carmen about it. Now he may not be fucking doing the best he is right now. All right, but I'm telling you, when it when it comes push to shove, that dude is a fucking game changer, man. I as much as he has that punchable face where you just want to rifle him right in the face, <laughs> he just has that lovable face that you want to punch. All right. We Adam talked Eaton. about punchable faces a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you did. Jim Edmonds, Adam Eaton, Scott Pudsednik. I mean, Jay Cutler was on that list. I appreciate Jay sure. Cutler's on that list. I mean, I can't wait to try some of his meat. Yeah. That's oh, what I'm oh. saying. All right. Those steaks look amazing. That's what I'm saying. Have yeah, you, you seen those things? Back. We got to just get him on here and ask four. him. To just show us his meat live on with us would be sweet. I'm so tired of talking about Jay Cutler's meat. Oh, man. Cuts? Dude. We should get Cuts to sponsor, and Mike and I will have a Cuts meat eating competition live. Jay? Oh, I could eat eat the hell out of some meat. (laughs) I could eat the hell out of some meat. (laughs) Yeah, we know. (laughs) <laughs> but no, like, like legit though. Like Adam Eaton, though. Like we were talking about, this guy's a fire starter, Alan. He he cracks yeah, he the whip. He gets shit going. He gets those runners on. He bunts those guys over today. Again, zero outs. Guy on first and third. He lays down a perfect bunt down third base line and almost beat that shit out, but still moved the runners over. Great play. Forces Nolan Arenado to come in on the third base line. And he almost beat it out. It was a great bunt. He is that type of player. He's that guy that's going to do whatever he can to win a fucking ball game. And that's why my, I like my question NBA. is this: All these guys have stepped up for the for the White Sox, right? There's still two yeah. key pieces that are not with this team right now, and Eloy that's and Eloy Luis and Robert. Luis Roberts. And <laughs> what happens to this lineup? <laughs> what happens to this lineup? What are you laughing at? Come back. Did you see what I just put up? What our buddy Vince just said? He said, You want to try Jay Sausage? Hey. Yeah, of course. He's the best quarterback in Chicago Bears history. Duh. <laughs> That's right. For now. <laughs> oh, for now, right? Wait. I love it. You just I wait. love it. I hope you're fucking right. That boy's coming. 
We don't let's need to talk about it. Let's tonight. not divert. Don't get me going on Bears tonight, oh, guys. We'll, we'll be here for six years talking. Yes, we about will. Bears. I'll never stop. This is, this isn't the Bears show tonight, guys. We're talking. It's we're baseball. talking. We're talking. We're talking baseball here. So, so back to that question. What's gonna happen? I, I was gonna ask Scott, but what's gonna happen to this lineup if and when Eloy and Roberts come back? Well. That, that was the big debate. On well, the I mean, Eloy's pretty much out the remainder of the season. Yeah. Well, he was hinting about possibly being able to come back late season. I heard. Well, right. They're, the they're thinking day. he'll be back for the playoffs. They're if thinking he, he's going to be back playoffs. around there. But right. I, I'd still say Eloy has to play DH. You can't put him out there. You can't keep putting that guy in the outfield. He is not equipped for it. He just doesn't have the mental capacity to stay out there and not end up in a fucking batting net. I'm sorry, it's just it's just the way that I see that guy. Like I love him as a batter, one of my favorite guys right now batting. But not there's no way I play him anywhere else but DH at all. You so the big fear the big fear was what that he would get hurt in the field. Yeah, and what happened? He got hurt in the the field. field. So clearly, it's time to just get him off of the field. You have to keep him at DH, and you put maybe you know obviously Eaton's out there. You know, Luis Roberts is out there, and uh, Mike, third spot. Yeah. You got left. So I don't know who else you would put out in the outfield. You Obviously, you have Eaton. You've got Roberts out there. Who else would be out there? Chris Bryant, uh, when they trade for Chris no. Bryant. <laughs> no. Uriel. Holland at first, or, right? What's that, what's that dude's name? Uh, not Uriel. Uh, what the hell is his name? I don't know. Well, Andrew Vaughn's is playing a little bit out there. Um, he could probably play less then. But yeah, Andrew he's Vaughn's more of a first baseman primarily. Eloy DH, Robert center fielder, Vaughn left fielder. Who's playing right, though? That's yeah. So you've got Adam Eaton playing right. Right. That's who would have played in okay. that spot, right? Okay. Yeah. Just out of that makes sp- sense. spots to go, right? Yeah. And he's probably the best defender, I believe, out of all of them, I would say. I mean, that's not a terrible outfield. No, it's, it's a off. great outfield. Yeah. The, their problem has been they've had a log jam there. And yeah. now, you know, unfortunately with injuries piling up, it's kind of came to the point where, you know, we've got to see some of these other guys play. And, right. you know, going forward, just like you kind of said, you know, Eloy has to play DH. You can't keep putting him out there. You just you can't risk it with him anymore. Could this be a scenario where the White Sox look to trade some of these pieces going into the trade deadline to pick up some type of weak spot to fill some type of weak spot on their I team? I don't think they want to go that route, honestly. I don't know. Mike, what do you think about that one? Uh I don't know, man. Uh, if Eloy, if Eloy can come back healthy and come in time. For for the White Sox here, if he can yeah. make a make make at least a comeback, I can kind of see like a Kyle Schwarber type fantasy imagination type. That's what I was thinking too. Where he can kind of come back in there and kind of fill in. But at this point, why fix what's not broken? Even without Eloy, even without Luis Robert, they are still hitting the fucking cover off the ball. All right, they're averaging like eight and a half runs over their last four games or some shit like right. that. All right, now, uh, granted, that's not going to be the mainstay of everything. I understand that. But if they're still putting runs across the plate, I mean, I mean, why fix what's not broken? 
You know what I mean? We've all heard that expression before. This pitching staff has been fucking lights out between Lance Lynn, Lucas yeah. Giolito, Cease, Kopech today took a funny spill off the mound and left the game against St. Louis. Yeah. I don't know if you guys seen that. He took a yeah. weird little spill. Um, but, I mean, why fix what's not broken? They're kicking yeah. ass right now. And well, it's, they're they're an exciting team to watch. I mean, the first have. game of the season, though, they had an Eloy jersey out there. Like the guy was dead, like he was always with us, <laughs> right? The moment he's cleared to come back, they are going to throw his ass. Don't right forget they into did the same right exact. Now. They did the same exact shit with Schwarber. They did, and then we, they went on and they won the World Series because right. of it. Right. <laughs> well, not just because 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 of him, well, but, no, I mean, but he was a major reason a in that World part. Series. Yeah, absolutely, right. absolutely. Yeah, and. You know, we got Andrew asking here, who's the one player we move from the Cubs before July? What is it? What's the deadline? July, mid-July, right? The MLB trade deadline. Oh, it's 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 gonna be Brian. Is that it, the only one though? Are you are July thirty first? Anyone else? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, it is July thirty first. Okay. okay. Yeah, so are you are you just moving Bryant, Mike? Are you going to move Kimbrell? Are you going to try to move Javi? Are you going to try to save money so you can try to get one? Uh, I move personally. I move on from Chris Bryant. I move them all. That's just me. I mean, so <laughs> if you move everybody, then you're really starting from, from square one. I don't think you absolutely yep. have to start from square one. I think – you know, you keep a guy like Wilson Contreras and Javi. I love that connection they have, right? That's yeah. just a connection that's special. It, you're going to be able to sign Javi for a cheaper deal than you would be able to sign Bryant for, right? Yeah. I think the smartest option is to move on from Bryant, move on from Kimbrell, use some of that money to maybe extend Rizzo and then get prospects back to try to help build the rest of that team. So what are you doing about Wilson Contreras next year whenever his deal's up? You're going to have to pay him some serious money, right. too. Right. You're not going to have money for all these guys. So I don't well, think you're going to be in a scenario that you can keep three of those, like, core guys, you know, like Wilson Contreras, Rizzo, and, you know, Javi, you know. Because, right. you know, Rizzo's already coming out saying he's not taking another team-friendly deal. He's not. Right. So. Are you going to pay somebody, you know, on the other side of 30 now? No, definitely That not. kind of money? So, I mean, for me going forward, exactly what my friend Chris here is saying. Rizzo is playing out of an extension right now. So, I mean, he's not going to be with this team next year, in my opinion. Right. I don't think you're going to be able to trade anybody off for him. But I believe that, you know, you could definitely – you know, trade these guys like Baez, trade, you know, hopeful. I, I say trade Wilson Contreras today. You have another year on that contract. You can get something very, very formidable for him right now, I believe. You can rebuild the whole farm system, you yeah. know, so then in, in three years, we can come back and have these kind of conversations about them being a perennial playoff team instead of, you know, being one year later on our entire I mean, I don't know. I still think that that getting rid of everybody is is a bit extreme. That's what I, we did, you know. I, I know, but eight, but nine, I don't think the team's in that dire of a situation at the moment. I think a guy like Chris Bryant, who we all agree is definitely not going to sign 
a team friendly extension, right? Yes. Scott Boris is going to want him to get paid. And with the way he's playing this season, he deserves to be paid, right? Yeah. But a guy like Wilson Contreras, I think he wants to stay with the Cubs. And I think he's a, a valuable asset to this Cubs team, not only for what he can do with the catcher position, but I think he can also step up and be a leader for these younger guys that are coming in, like a Nico Horner, like an Ian Happ, you know, anybody they're able to get in a trade for uh, Bryant or Kimbrell. I think it's safe to say that as long as those two guys are performing the way they're performing going into the end of July, Kimbrell and Bryant are probably the two most likely to get moved. You know I what I mean? That. Yeah, I right. believe that. Absolutely. So then, you know, but – I don't know what their exact level of um, like their budget level would be right. for this, but I just, I just can't see, you know, trying to keep three of those guys. Like you're going to have to keep one. Maybe you can keep two. I just right. don't see him keeping three. I, I, I just can't see him doing that. And I don't want to pay somebody really to be a leader of, you know, a bunch of young kids right now. I just right. want to start over, but Mike's back, and looks like we got Scott waiting in the back room, so let's bring him on. Hello, Scott. How are you? How are you guys doing? Good, Scott. How are you? Good. No, oh, Mike, I, I think you're on mute, bud. No, he's back now. Oh, there he is. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm right here. I'm okay. right here. Okay. Before we get into everything with Scott here, Scott, I'm sorry, my friend. I got to play a quick little ad before we start with you, my man. This okay. ad's from our uh, from our sponsor, Nick and, Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Here we go. Hello, this is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. Um. All right, and we are back. Sorry about that, guys. But, uh, yeah, that, that's a work from our quick sponsor, Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. They sponsor us here over at 1252. Scott is on with us. Scott from MLB.com, White Sox reporter. Scott, how we doing, man? We just got into the White Sox. First off, uh, you know, as someone who grew up in the south suburbs uh, in Flossmoor, I had no idea there was a historic part of Lockport. I didn't know that, that it was. It's, <laughs> but I will say that place looks cool. I'd like. It's to, very good. Uh, give that a try. I, I like the good packaging. The commercials. So I would like to. You know, I grew up in uh, Flossmoor, and there's not to give competing thing, but hey, Lockport and Flossmoor are forty minutes away. People are probably aren't going in the same places. There's a um, what's it? The there's a at the train station downtown in Flossmoor. There's a microbrewery. Good food. Uh, good. Beer for those over 21, of course. Don't drink unless you're 21. But uh, another good place. But, yeah, this Nick and Ivy looks really good. Really it's good. You learned I guess I remember they covering games. There. I, I worked for the uh, Star Publications that covered a lot of preps out there. 
Okay. And I do remember, you know, a slightly older part of the downtown Lockport, but it just kind of threw me off a little bit when I heard the uh, historic Lockport. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a day of a bunch of delicious beers there, Scott. One day I'll have to one day I'll have to treat good. you to one. All right, sounds good. But Scott, here we go. The, the White Sox obviously dropped a heartbreaker today after Carlos Rodon pitched his ass off through six innings. Um, he struck out, what, 10 guys, I think, through six innings. He right. was absolutely dominant today. Gave up one home run, one earned run, but zero walks. Another amazing performance from him out on the mound this year. And I want to start it there. Where has, where has Carlos Rodon found his stuff here? Because he's been struggling in the years past. So what has changed with Carlos Rodon? Yeah, I think you can go into detail about some of the mechanics changes he's made and you know, he's, he's the fastball velocity is back, but I think not that it was so far gone, but it's, you know, he had a hundred today, you know, and hit 99 today. I just think it's more, he's healthy. You know, the guy's gone through shoulder surgery. The guy's gone through Tommy John surgery. Then he had uh, shoulder and back soreness last year that, you know, he pitched, I think he made two starts at the beginning and we didn't see him again until the end in that fateful week against Cleveland when the Sox lost uh, all four in Cleveland. So, I think he's healthy, and I, I don't want to say he's motivated because I think he was always motivated. But let's face it, this is the year, you know, his last year arbitration, and he's going to be a free agent after this year. So he's And he also knows he's pitching for a good team, a winning team, and I think he had some proof. You know, he was non-tendered at one point this offseason, came back on a one-year, $3 million deal to the White Sox because he knew the guys there. He knew the organization. He liked what Ethan Katz had to talk about. He knew Kurt Hassler, the assistant pitching coach. And it's just been a great – I mean, he's – you know, his numbers are – people are wanting to say video game ridiculous. I think he has, like, 72 strikeouts and 42 and a third. Maybe I'm, I'll look it up in a second here. But, I mean, lot, his, yeah. his, he's just been absolutely tremendous this year. And it's a good friend because, you know, he came out of NC State as the third pick overall in that draft. And uh, looking it up right now, I believe it was 2014. It was 2014. And people thought this is a can't-miss prospect. You know, this is the guy – and he's had some good years, but nothing like this. He has just been absolute. So he had 42 and two-thirds innings pitched with 62 strikeouts coming in today. So make that 72 in strikeouts and 48 and two-thirds. 12 walks, 23 hits allowed, and three home runs. That's that's insane. That's definitely, you know, I, you know he he was pitching more on seven, eight days rest at the beginning of the season, but now there's not as many days off. So, you know, he's a Cy Young caliber pitcher so far. Yeah, he he's been absolutely dominant, and okay, so and so has the rest of the pitching staff. The rest of the stars have been absolutely fantastic as well, between Keuchel and Lance Lynn and uh, Lucas Giolito. Does this pitching staff have what it takes to last the length of the year doing what they're doing currently? Yeah, you know, well, I guess the answer is we'll see. I mean, you know, they have Lance Lynn is established, Dallas Keuchel who's established. Excuse me. Um, you know, Lucas Giolito has kind of found his way back after a couple of rough starts. Really, only one really rough start that Boston afternoon start where he got lit up in an inning plus for like seven earned runs, but he's been very good otherwise. Dylan Cease is kind of, you know, developing like Rodon. And then you have Rodon. Now, the only issue is, you know, today, Kopech uh, left with hamstring soreness, I think they described it as. So we'll see how that plays out. You know, it was a weird situation. He was finishing off the seventh, he threw a pitch. Didn't catch his cleats, you know, didn't slip, just fell, just fell to the ground. And it looked like, in a weird way, how sometimes I feel like when I'm getting up in the morning and you get that hor and people are horrible cramp in your leg, 
and there's no way you can move to get it to stop until it just goes away. Now I think, you know, being a highly skilled athlete and highly, you know, conditioned athlete like Copac is probably a little more than a cramp, but you hope that it's nothing, it's not too much more. You know, at the worst, you know, shuts him down for a few days. He was in line to start, you know, in that Cleveland doubleheader on Monday, the two seven inning games. So we'll see what happens. But very minimal information, you know, post game as opposed to just we heard hamstrings left, I believe it was left hamstring stored his left hamstring right for uh right for Adam Eaton, you know, right fielder for the Sox. And he's day to day. They're both day to day. So, you know, he's a huge piece because he may end up in that rotation at some point. Not, if not this year, next year for sure. But he just gives you – he's such a great swing guy in that he's so dominant on the bullpen, but also has been great when he started too. Right, and that, that leads me to my next question. I'll let these guys field – I'll let these guys field some for you as well. With Michael Kolpak, obviously, like you just said, like you alluded to, he had a, a weird little spill today on the mound in the seventh inning there. He kind of just kind of fell over. I don't, nobody knows exactly what the hell happened. Cleats didn't catch, slipped. It wasn't a slip off the rubber. It was just an awkward fall. How important is Michael Kopech to this Chicago White Sox pitching? Like, how important is he? How imperative is he for the Chicago, Chicago White yeah, Sox? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, you know, they're all important. I mean, there's really, you know, you can't really afford to lose anyone on that team because they're all key contributors, and you've already lost Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. So, I mean, the more it goes down, the tougher it is. You know, I mean, you take off any players of the caliber of Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert from any other team – and they're going to have the same fate that the Sox are having, you know, where it's just going to be very tough. To the Sox credit, they're in first place. You know, they're hanging in there, playing good baseball overall. I think they've lost four of their last six right now after winning two in a row against St. Louis. But, yeah, Kopech's another key piece. You know, it just it, – it, another thing you can bring in, you know, bullpen, starter, combine him with someone else. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a weapon that a lot of teams don't have. So the biggest thing you hope is that – you know, again, it's still relatively early. What is it? Forty-eight games into the season, so you still have 114 to play. So, again, I'm just spit firing. I have no clue past what they told us. But if it's more than a couple of days, you hope it's a short-term thing, and he's back and ready to go. Right. So, I have a, a question for you, Scott. With with you know Eloy and, and Luis Roberts kind of sitting there. They're hoping to have them back by the time they make the playoffs, right? What's right. going to happen to this rotate? Uh, yeah, this rotation. Once they get back, where does everybody fall in the in the lineup? Oh, you mean the position player? Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you know, Andrew Vaughn went to left field out of need. You know, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, they had Abreu, you know, at first base, and he's not going anywhere, nor should he. And Vaughn, you know, was going to be the DH, but they moved him out to left because of the lawyer's injury. And I'll tell you what, Andrew Vaughn is still getting natural out there. He, he looks tremendous, and you know, I'm not sure if you move him off when Eloy Jimenez comes back. It's it's First of all, you have to make sure Jimenez is healthy and he comes back. But it's going to be an interesting problem. It'll, it'll be a problem Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams will love to tackle when the time comes. You know, I mean, you know Luis Roberts going back at the center. That's not even an issue. But does Aloy Jimenez become the DH when he comes back? You know, how is your mean Mercedes hitting at that point? You know, he had that unbelievable start, which obviously was ridiculous to think he could keep up hitting 412 all year. But, I mean, you know, he slumped a little bit since then, but he's still productive. He still has good at-bats. Still hitting the ball hard and still, you know, driving in runs and getting hits for that team. Great two out hitter, two. I'm sorry, two strike hitter. So where is he at that point? You know, I mean, I know some Sox fans are hoping that Jimenez comes back. You know, July, mid July, whatever. Well, that doesn't make any sense because Rick Hunt told us that the next update in Alloy would be 12 weeks. So that would have been three months from the start of the year. So that's April, May, June. 
<clears throat> so he wanted me back. They don't even really reassess, although I'm sure they're, you know, ongoing communication. We won't even reassess at the beginning of July. And then you have to go through a whole rehab assignment with him. And no one's saying that at the beginning of July, he's like, okay, let's do it. You know, time to go. So I think, you know, you get him back, period. You get either one of those guys back for any kind of period of time this year. It's a great thing. And, you know, I answered your question, Angela. I mean, you you go after – you assess the situation when the time comes. If you get Jimenez and Robert back, well, it's a good problem to have too much talent, right? That's true. Scott, I have another one for you. I'm sorry, Alan, Angela. I apologize. You're good. Where do you see that the Chicago White Sox, where do you see their biggest need for this team is at? Because, I mean, in my personal opinion, it's at catcher because Yosemite Grandal couldn't couldn't catch a cold, in my opinion. But, I mean, I mean that's just that's, – I like this White Sox team. They're a good team. But, I mean, that's my opinion. I think they need to kind of back up there. But where does this team need to fill in – before the playoffs, before the playoff run. Well, you know, they're committed to Grandal. He's, and I think his year has been deceiving because of the fact that he's not hitting very well. You know, I mean, average-wise. Average-wise, right. he's hitting 130-something or whatever it was. But, you know, he hasn't played these last two games. But he also has, like, a 390 on base percentage, which is insane. And I think he leads the majors in walks, or he did a couple days ago. And, you know, he kind of told us this. You know, he twisted his knee and hurt his knee. On February 24th, I remember the date because I wrote it so much during spring training and was out of action for a good portion of spring training. Mm-hmm. And he said he wasn't worried about getting off to a slow start because he knew he'd eventually hit. The weather's getting warmer, except for the next few days here in Chicago. But overall, it's getting warmer. And I Thank think God, by the way, I'm tired of sweating like a fat pig in here. But he, you know, he as long as he gets for power, you don't need him to hit 280, 290. He hits 230, 240, hits her power. He's the guy you signed to the four-year deal. And Zach Collins has done a nice job calling games. And, you know, I don't think it's fair to judge his offense totally because he hasn't had consistent at-bats. But he's looked improved in there, too. So I think, if anything, you're probably looking at a right fielder, right? Because Adam Eaton has struggled a little bit, and it might be because he's injured. Excuse me, leaving the game today with the hamstring issue. But the problem is this. Who do they have to give up now? And who do they want? Who are they willing to give up now? Most of their prospects, their key prospects, are now on the big league team. Well, there so is a good. Are, are you willing well, to trade Nick Madrigal? Are you willing to trade? You're not trading Michael Kopech. You're not trading Andrew Vaughn. You know who are you willing to give up at this right. point? Is it a Jared Kelly? Is it an Andrew Dalquist? Both high prospects, but are they enough to get you? As an example, a Joey Gallo from Texas. You know, mm-hmm. to get something to give something. And Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams. Are not you know they want to win this year. You can only win 2021 right now, right? Right. But they're not going to tear apart this team just for a one and done mission this year, and then say, "Geez, if we make that move, we'd still have player X and Y." You know, they could have added Lance Lynn probably at the trade deadline last year. They had, they you know made a good offer to get Mike Clevenger at the trade deadline last year, and it's probably a good thing. You know, they got ended up getting Lance Lynn. Clevenger is on you know coming back from Tommy John, right? And the guys they needed for the most part. You know, they ended up trading Dunning for Lynn, but. For the most part, otherwise they've kept the guys they needed to move forward. You said you said right said fielder. fielder, okay, okay. And the, the, we know that there's a few guys out on the on the free agent wire and stuff like that. And I'm going to say it. It's only me, it's only because I'm talking out of my ass here, Scott. But is there any possibility that they can go after a right fielder like Yasiel Puig? Yeah, I don't. I don't think Puig's a fit on this team. I, I don't know Puig very well. 
Uh, I, I don't think he's even playing in the United States right now, right? Was he in Mexico last I saw? I, I forgot where he, he was. He, I thought he signed somewhere out of the area. But, you know, there were chances when uh, you heard a lot of Jonas Espedes because they, you know, his, uh, I think it's his half-brother, right? Yoki Espedes is playing for the Sox now. Right. And they also went to his workout in Florida. You heard a lot about that. Um, you heard Puig's mentioned. I'm sorry. Puig's name mentioned when that happened. He is playing right now in the Mexican League. El Aguila de Veracruz in the Mexican League right now. And I just don't I, – you know, they met – I remember talking to Kenny Williams about this two springs ago before the pandemic hit and changed everything, um, where he said they met with him. They met with him in San Diego. They had a good meeting. They enjoyed meeting him, but he just wasn't a fit on this team. So I don't think Puig is anyone in his is it good? Is it just because he's like a wild horse? I think, I think if there was consideration, he would have been brought in already, right? Because there certainly has been right. not just Eloy, but also Robert going down. I mean, you have a guy like Vaughn who's who's tearing it up out in left field. I mean, maybe not. You know what he's done overall has been very good. How about that? He tear it up right. he's very right. strong, but he's been outstanding. And you know, I mean, I, I think a guy like Gavin Sheets in the minors would have had a chance already if he played center, but he doesn't. So you know, you, you're going right now with the Leary Garcia. Billy Hamilton combination in center until Luis Robert gets back. All right. Angelo, Alan, you got anything? Alan, if you want to go. I got one, um, but if you want to ask, go ahead. Well, the only thing that for me, you know, being a Cubs fan and all, I watched this team, Scott, and I feel like they they play very well against sub-500 teams, but when it comes to – The White Sox talking? Yes, yes, yeah. Okay. So – why Why exactly is it every time I watch them play a team over 500, they struggle with them? Well, here's the thing. I mean, who's really good in baseball this year? You know, I mean, San Diego is really good. Tampa was a 500 team. They won 11 in a row. So, obviously, that counts, right? They're really good. Yeah. But I, there's no – there's a lot of parity in baseball. I think yeah. there's very few teams out, and there's probably, you know, the Dodgers you assume are in. Probably San Diego is going to have to work hard not to make the playoffs. So I think it's a valid point. They didn't have a – you know, the series against the Yankees was deceiving, though. Yeah. They got hit pretty hard and lost to Garrett Cole, which a lot of teams have done this year. That Friday game, one run, and that was when Andrew Vaughn hit into an around-the-horn triple play, which, you know, you never see. And then on that Sunday, you know, Liam Hendricks walked in a run with a rare – I think he's, like, got 31 strikeouts and three walks this year. So, like, a very rare bout of wildness that forced in a run there. Missed some opportunities today. You know, I mean, it's interesting because I've never seen a season where Sox fans have just lost it every time they lose a game. You know, people realize this is a hundred CC game. If you win a hundred, you're damn good. You know, and you know they played a team that is in first place in St. Louis. St. Louis did not look very good. They did not have a good series. They made a lot of defensive miscues. But you know, hit the ball either. They got good pitching from Gant today. They had a couple home runs from uh, Edmund and then, you know, added on late in the game. And sometimes it just goes that way. You're not going to win every game. And, you know, it's not – I get it from here on out because of what's going down. Every time there's a mistake, every time there's a loss, it's going to be a lot pointed to manager. And you can probably point to a manager in every game that you lose or win and say they should have done this differently. But I think today was just a loss. They didn't have a – you know, they didn't they didn't hit. They were 0 for 10 with runners in score position and left 13 on base. Mercedes himself left 10 on base going over four, just one of those days, you know? So I don't know so much if it's good, bad, or the otherwise, but you know, I mean, they were 500, they were two and two against Boston. They struggled in Yankee stadium. A lot of teams do. They took two out of three from St. Louis, you know? So I think it, it goes, I, I just don't think there's dominant teams yet where you can say, 
oh yeah, the stocks are just, you know, and hey, the bottom line is they did this last year. Yeah. They yeah. pummeled Kansas City. They pummeled Detroit. They pummeled Pittsburgh. I think they're like 20, it would have been what, uh, 10, 20, 25 games, right? 26 games, maybe. I think they were like 23 and three in those games. And that's how you get to the playoffs. That's what you do. Yeah. You beat, you know, you pummel the teams you're better than, and you kind of break even against the good ones. And that's all you got to do. You know, people are riding off the twins and they, you know, up until this last streak where they've won six of seven have not played good baseball. They've looked bad. But the bottom line is, is, you know, all they got to do is get in. No one says they have to win the division. If they can somehow sneak in, maybe they, you know, contend for the division. Maybe they go on a huge role and challenge a Tampa or a Yankees team or Houston or Oakland or Boston, whoever's in there for the wild card. Once you get in, all bets are off. You know, who thought in 15 when the Cubs had that great – they were five, the Cubs were a 500 team, I think, after 100 games in 15. They got no hit by Cole Hamels. They cruised down the stretch. Arietta was dominant in Pittsburgh. They upset St. Louis, and next thing you know, they're in the LCS. You know, so, I mean, all you got to do is get there, and everyone's pretty much – not even, but everyone's got a chance. How about that? Yeah, okay. Awesome. Fair enough. Speaking – I got a couple more questions, Scott, before we cut you go. Scott Merkin from MLB.com, White Sox Beat Reporter, joining us here on the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show and 1252 Sports Chicago. Scott, last week was – I'm just going to say it how it is. Scott, it was a whirlwind of shit with Tony La Russa and this White Sox team. Um, how do you think Tony La Russa has been doing thus far with the Chicago White Sox as manager? You know, it's interesting. I talked to Evan Marshall today, who's a veteran reliever, very well-spoken guy, really kind of gets it. And he was telling me about how Tony La Russa at the end of spring called together a group of veterans and basically told them, yeah, I want you guys to handle the clubhouse. You guys run that, and I'm going to take care of the strategy part. And, you know, if there's an issue to be had, we'll, we'll talk about it and that kind of thing. So I think that's interesting, and it makes sense, you know, that he's focused on the day-to-day strategy. I think, you know, I think he mishandled the Yermin situation. I, I understand that he would be, he was upset that a sign was not, you know, followed that either Yermin missed it or just ignored it. So that's fine. You're allowed to be, and nothing needs my permission to be allowed to be anything, but I understand him being upset there. So you handle that, you talk to him, and even if you want to make one public statement and just say, well, this is why I'm mad, that's fine. But, you know, th- that went on for three days. And I think he could have easily just handled it by saying, you know, like what Joe McEwing told me, the third base coach. Yeah, we had a sign on for him to take. He swung through it. He was focused. He was locked in. He probably didn't even realize that's what we want. As we talked to him, he's our guy. We're on his side. Let's move forward. And that's it, you know. And then to compound it by saying, you know, you didn't really see anything wrong with, you know, the pitch that Duffy threw behind Mercedes' leg. Well, that just is not – it's not going to do any good for anyone. But I will tell you this, that I don't think the team, like, dislikes him. I don't think they're – gathered together and like, you know, ignoring him or whatever. I, I think they're not winning in spite of him. I think they're, you know, but they're focused on what they have to do. I don't think any, I'll give you a better example, like Ozzie Guillen's tenure, especially when they were really good, you know, like in 05, 06, you know, Ozzie, great guy, is funny a person I've ever met, but you know, he drew some attention upon himself too. And I think the Sox players were great at just letting Ozzie be Ozzie and they handled their daily work. And that's kind of what they're doing now. So Tony's made some good moves. He's made some moves that are questionable. I know Sox fans, especially those who are analytically inclined, are going nuts over all the sacrifice bunch that he's using. They don't like giving away outs like that. So, you know, there's questions to be had. But here's the bottom line. What's what's the ultimate measure, excuse me, of success? Wins and losses, right? Right. As we're doing this, they're a first-place team. 
And to me, you know, I know there'll be people who argue like the process matters. Nah, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, the process matters. You can argue it at the end of the year if you get to the playoffs and you think you're a great team and you go out in three games in the wild card round, then maybe you say, okay, the process does matter. Maybe we got to reevaluate this. But if you win the division, there's no style points. You know, you don't, if you win the division looking better or following more analytics than another team, you don't get an extra, you know, boost in the postseason. Just win and as Al Davis used to say, just win, baby. That's it. Win and move on. You know. Wasn't wasn't a really quick when the Tony the Roots thing, and it's only because I think I vaguely remember this over my years of watching baseball and like going watching old school games. There was a thing with I think it was the Yankees and somebody else, but it was when Billy Martin was managing the Yankees and Larusa was managing the Sox, and Larusa spoke up on something outside of a game that had nothing to do with him. And Billy Martin told Tony the Rooster to shut the hell up and mind his own business. <laughs> that may be true. I don't remember that one. I don't remember. I, I I wish I've heard great stories from Billy Martin from Hawk Harrelson, who was a friend of Billy Martin's and knew right. him very well. But I never got to see, except on TV. I never got to see the, the the biggest memory I have of Billy Martin is two things: the Light Bear commercials, right, with George Steinbrenner. Those were tremendous. Mm-hmm. Three things. I remember he was on Letterman with George Steinbrenner, which is a great guest spot, and then. <laughs> Billy Martin calling the umpire, Tim McClellan, to check George. I'm almost positive it was Billy Martin, right, to check George Brett's bat after the home run off, uh, I think it was off Goose Gossage. And (laughs) they called him out for too much pine tar, and George Brett almost lost his mind. And they, of course, overturned that, and the Royals ended up winning that game. But that, those are the things that stick out with me for Billy Martin. And a great manager, obviously, it was was an accomplished, accomplished manager. So one last question for you, Scott. Does this White Sox team have what it takes to do it all? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question, and it's it's uh, probably too early to say, but I would think that there is a good possibility. They're certainly a very talented team. But I just while I'm talking to you, I did look it up. It was Billy Martin with the Pine Tower incident. So I'll make sure I had the right guy. <laughs> uh, but I mean, they have the pitching. Pitching wins championships, right? So you got a rotation of Giolito, Keiko, Lynn, Cease, Rodon, maybe Kopech. You know, other guys in the minors there. Maybe, you know, Lopez will help out at some point. Garrett Crochet is there. You have a good bullpen. You have a dominant closer who can come in and, you know, if a guy's on third and one out, can get you three straight strikeouts to end a rally. So you have that. The offense has been a little scattershot, but it's understandable. Jose Abreu has driven in some runs, but isn't quite at the level that Jose Abreu is used to being at, and I think that will come. Yes, Monty Grandal has done a phenomenal job getting on base, even though he's not hitting, but I think the hitting will come. And, you know, you're missing Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez, and Adam Angle to injury. So you add all that together, and it's amazing what they've done so far. So I think they have as good a shot as anyone else. You just got to get there, though. And, you know, I, I... it's too hard to figure right now. Like, you know, will two teams in that division make it? Will it just be the division winner? I think they have a shot, but we'll have to wait and see as the season goes on and see who Rick and Kenny add to the equation to help, you know, beef up the team's chances. Scott, I appreciate you joining us tonight, man. I really do. Thank you so much. Scott, where can all our guys listen to you and follow you at? Uh, at Scott Merkin on uh, Twitter and um, at whitesox.com and MLB.com my writing, and then some point in the near future at Nick and Ivy's out in uh, Lockport. I'm gonna be- uh, <laughs> yes. I got to I gotta go get – I got to check the food out. Is, have you guys been there? 
Oh yeah, okay. I'm there ever. Almost I've never ever had a bad day. Day. Mike, Mike has a cot in the back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Mike has, <laughs> has to pay rent over there. Yeah. <laughs> Good TV option, so you can see a lot yeah, of games. Yeah, I'm paying. Yes. I'm paying He's the got five TVs, five there, or six so TVs all it. over. Yeah, it's that's a, all you can ask. That's all you can ask, place. right there. As long as they, as long as when fall comes, they put the Michigan game on. I'm good. We'll have it on for you, Scott. Scott, thank you again so much, man. We greatly appreciate you. We'll have you on again soon, man. Thanks again. Anytime, Thanks, Scott. Guys. We appreciate it. Have a good night. Take Thanks. care, man. All right. That interview with Scott, amazing stuff. But really quick, that interview was brought to us by our guys over at the John Darren team over at Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group. And here's a quick little note from those guys. Hi, I'm Jonathan Darren, licensed real estate broker with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group in Homer Glen. Are you looking to buy or sell? Have you been disappointed in the past? The Jonathan Darren team with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group focuses on providing you with a concierge level of service during the process of buying or selling. We are a service-oriented team with a fresh and professional approach to selling real estate. Our goal is to combine knowledge, skills, and passion to exceed our clients' expectations, and most of all, we truly care. We are a knowledgeable real estate team focused on offering expertise and innovative solutions for our clients. The Jonathan Darren team has five full-service real estate brokers and a dedicated full-time marketer servicing all of Chicagoland. We will customize a detailed plan around your timeline for a sale, purchase, investment, estate, or other needs. Real estate transactions can be stressful, but don't need to be. Let us handle it for you. Visit our website, homesbyjdt.com, or call 708-308-1938 today. Expect better in real estate. Choose the Jonathan Darren team. Sounds awesome. I'm lagging a bunch, guys. I'm lagging a bunch on my end. But yeah, that was our guys over at the John Darren team, a Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group out in Homer Glen. Those guys are the best. They helped me out a bunch of times to help me out with my, my house here. They're going to be helping Meg and I out with uh, our house when we go by in Northwest Indiana. So a special thank you to those guys as well. But, guys, Scott Merkin, man, coming out here talking a lot of White Sox with us. What were some of the takes you guys were able to take away from that conversation that we had Scott with, with Scott tonight? I'll let you go first. Uh, for me, I mean, he kind of nailed it on the head for me with everything he talked about, you know, probably going forward about this team being able to be the team that can really take the next step and win a World Series. You know, for me, I feel like they play the right way. I feel like, you know, just kind of like the way that you always allude to the way that they play small ball, you know, and they're basically the only right. team in the in the MLB that actually does that. I think you can win doing that. They won that way back, what, 15, 16 years ago, they won a World Series that way. I feel like that's what I yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's for me. That's exactly what I see out of that team every day. I still, I'm still kind of a little up and down about the fact that they're not beating those good teams yet, but it is early. He was right about that. And, you know, that's really it for me, honestly. Angela. Angela. Uh, I, I thought that what he said about La Russa was pretty interesting. How, you know, he doesn't think that this team had ever really turned on him, even though the media kind of blew it up to be that. Um, right. That he also thinks that this team would be winning or isn't winning in spite of him, but winning with him. Yeah. So that was that was a big takeaway for me personally because I know we've back we've back and forth on here plenty of times about you know is La Russa helping or hurting this team, and and he seems to think that they're doing much better with him. 
Yeah, I mean, I, and I've been in the same boat that Scott has been in. I mean, you guys know how I feel about <laughs> about what. <laughs> I think Mike's lacked out. I know how Mike Marty's feels about it. I mean, I think we all know how Mike oh, those ones. Okay. We didn't hear anything that you just said. I'm right here. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. You are You're now. here yeah. now. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You weren't here for a while. But all right, so like I was saying, like, like I was saying, like, what I was saying was this, okay? we I may not agree with Tony LaRusso, the whole Yermin Mercedes thing, but the way he – manages the game the way he can produce runs the way he tries to win inning after inning after inning now i get that yeah you can win eight of the nine innings and lose the ninth inning and you could still lose the game but 90 percent of the time that's not how it works guys you win you win the majority of the innings you win the game plain and simple and tony la Russa has proven that by playing small ball manufacturing runs with this team this team has gone Far beyond what I thought they, they could do with a manager like this in its first year at this early to be in its first year. You see Tim Anderson drawing walks. You, you, you see guys like Yosmani Grandal, like Scott alluded to earlier, with a really high on base percentage. Okay? He's only batting like 180-something, but the guy's got a fucking three, 394 on base percentage, for crying out loud. And like it, that's a big thing. You get on base, you can score runs. You bunt that guy over, you do this, and a sack fly gets that fucking run home. This Sox team is a very, very, very sound and very, very mechanical team. And if you can do that and score runs and produce, this this team is going to be a raging pain in the ass come playoff time, guys. They're going to be hard to beat. They're going to be a, a hard they're going to be a pain in the ass to beat. And it's exciting. Like I, I'm not even a fucking Sox fan, but today I'm sitting there, I'm having Hooters, I'm I'm drinking beers, and I'm watching the watching the Cardinal Sox game. It's like holy shit! Like they had ample amount of tune, ample opportunity today to score a shit ton of runs, and they yeah. just couldn't get that sack fly. They couldn't get that that ground ball out. You know what I mean? Two guys on first and second, guys on second and third. That's all you need is a ground ball out. To score the guy and the guy strikes out, it's like what the fuck, you know what I mean? That's all that like that's all you need. It's frustrating baseball. Nine times out of ten, you get what you need to get. The runner scores, everything's going to go. You produce a run. Now the game's two to one instead of two to nothing. You right. know what I mean? They couldn't get that going today. Eventually, they're going to get that going, and that team's going to be. It's like, oh boy, they can just get runs like that. Like I mean, they've they've kind of gotten runs like that all year. All though. year, right? Right. You and know, I mean, at one point, I believe they led the major. They they led baseball in the the run differential. And who's that uh, accredited to? Else. Like everybody's shitting on Tony Larusa. Fucking fire Tony Larusa. He I mean, sucks. Bad, I still bad, believe bad, that the players. Bad, have bad, bad, bad. <laughs> I still believe that I might the be one of those guys. Players. Yeah, but listen, right. the, the, you're not going to fucking fire him when you're in first place in the division, and he's like you said, like Angela just said. You have the best run differential in baseball. You're not right. going to fire him. Obviously, guys, obviously, he is doing something right to get runs across the plate in this fucking game to where the White Sox are in first place in their division. Now, now I do have You're a not feeling. Fire I do feel like regardless of who the manager was, we know it's La Russa, I do still have a hard time thinking that this White Sox team wouldn't be at least – 
in first place, maybe not as in first place. There's a lot of talent on this team. I tell you what, you don't you don't land Tony Larusa, you don't land Lance Lynn, and without Lance Lynn, where are you? Maybe in on Trevor Bauer. Yeah. No fucking way. I don't, I don't think Bauer. Trevor Bauer, Bauer didn't didn't really no like Larusa. I don't know. Just just throwing it out there. You asked you me a question, you, I just answered. You don't get you don't get wrong. Tony Larusa. You do not get Lance Lynn. So then, where is this White Sox team? Well, I mean, how many wins does Lance Lynn have right now? How many games has Lance Lynn pitched where they won? That's what I'm about to look real quick. Hold on. Lance Lynn's been dominant pretty much all year. And you're yeah. still looking you're Five, still looking for a starter. Four. Like four wins right now. So Lance Lynn. Drum roll. He's five and one. Five and one. Okay. So you, you've got five wins because of him. Out of right. how many starts? Six. He said he's oh. five and one. Right. He's had more starts than that. Um hmm. you got no decisions somewhere in there. <laughs> uh it says game start eight. So eight. Okay. So eight. yeah. So, so yeah. He's five so, and one. Okay. So out of the what's two the went to two a games? no decision. Two or, went to a no decision. What are those right. other two games? Uh that I don't know. You're asking me to pull numbers that I'm not Man. ESPN stats and analytics. We don't have an analytics guy. <laughs> yeah, well, we need one. God damn it, we we, we, we do. do need one. We do. Where do we find one of those guys? Guy. I can find one. <laughs> so Lancelin is five and one out of eight starts, right? Yeah. And the White Sox are up by one game. Well, I can't disagree. There you with go. You, man. There you but, go. I mean, I, personally, who would they I, I have just, gotten I besides think... Lance Lynn, though? Like, you don't know who they would have got if it wasn't right. Lance Lynn. I like, still. What, okay, so what happens if they go out and grab fucking AJ Hinch? AJ Hinch didn't bring in Lance Lynn. AJ, I'm, I like. I'm just saying. Hinch, actually, he's the yeah, one I, I do wanted too. them to get. He's the one I wanted from day one. I, I hope. I, I would hope they would have hired. A dead okay, guy. Mike. I hate the White so, Sox, but. How many games have they lost because of of some of some real type of play calling that that he's made though? So remember that first game he made a bad call, they lost. How many games have they lost because of Tony? I would say on Tony right now is two games. Okay, so legit minus two, two games. is six right there. So that's okay. that's the differential, right? Right. So you, you're still, telling me you that AJ be... Hinch couldn't give you up those six extra games right now? Three, you're not saying three, three. It would be three games. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, yes, of course. But AJ Hinch, look what he did with down down in, down there in Houston. They were a boomer bust team too. Yeah, Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, all those big boppers, Alex Bregman. You know, they they were that type of team too, where they relied on the homers. Way too much. Yeah, yeah, it worked out for one year. Just they it were cheating out for the and they knew when that's what exactly, <laughs> and it worked out for the Cubs for one right. year too. All right, but Tony Larusa, listen, I'm I'm gonna have this guy's. Back. I fucking first and foremost, I'm gonna say that I fucking hate Tony Larusa. All right, I, I do know. not like this. I would have never man. thought I know, that. Man, I, never I, I don't. I'm not. I would have thought you were fan. related to him the way you talk about. No, him. I, I'm not a fan of Tony Larusa. I'm not that dude. I watch this guy come in here every year for fucking the better half of two decades and mop the floor with the fucking yep. Cubs every I, single that, year. That's why I'm I not a fan him. of this dude. <laughs> 
All right. But I'm not going to sit there and not give credit where credit's due. I'm the same exact way when it comes to football. I don't fucking – yeah, I hate Aaron Rodgers, but I'm not going to say he's not one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen in my fucking lifetime. Are you nuts? All right. Tony LaRusa, there's a reason why the guy has almost fucking 3,000 wins and three World Series titles. It's because he's one of the greatest fucking managers who ever managed the fucking game. All right, plain and simple. Alan, I told you that too. Angelo, I told you that too. This dude is a he knows what the fuck he's doing. He knows I mean, he how to put have runs some across. Solid teams, in 1990s, yeah, it doesn't he matter. Was. He also won. He also won a team in, in 1988 with the Jose Canseco, fucking Mark McGuire, Dennis Eckersley, and a bunch of them shitheads out in out in Oakland. Oh well, yeah, they were right? juicing them. So okay, and then then he winning. wins one with a bunch of podunks and fucking Albert Pujols. He wins two more with a bunch of podunks and Albert Pujols. Sorry, was they, different back then though. Like his yeah. his his way of managing was legit ten years ago, when and obviously when analytics were because the fucking team is in first place. I just I personally I feel like a team with the, anyway. with the with the lineup that they have, this team would still be doing what they're doing. He doesn't control how these guys are hitting. These guys have produced at the plate because that's who they are. Maybe no. he helped navigate them past the Eloy and the Luis Roberts injury. You know, well, but, he's the one that put Eloy out there when right. he shouldn't have I mean, put Eloy out there. He uh, and I'm not saying that because I think whoever so, was the manager would have put him out there either way. I mean, maybe. But I just, I just think like this team was going to rake regardless, and they're raking. That's what I it's think it's a know. different to me. It's different than like when Joe Madden came to the Cubs. The Cubs needed that they type needed, of a manager. They needed to get somebody. Who could line the ponies up right, right and go? I don't think this team needed that. This team was playing Not well yet. last year before he got there. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, they were so, a playoff team. They weren't yeah. last year. They were a boomer bust team. They're they that, did not they're, manufacture runs. I mean, they're pretty. They're a boomer bust team. I'm going to try to look that. I don't even know how. They're not. They're not a boomer bust team. They're now. more. They're more of a small. They, manu- team they yeah. manufacture okay. runs and they win games. And if they were the boomer bust team, they, then they're trying to compete with Minnesota. They're trying to compete with. They're trying to compete with Cleveland. It's the same thing that Terry Francona does out in Cleveland. He manages the ball game, inning by inning, and wins inning by inning to win the game. All right, and Tony Larusa. That's exactly what he's doing. Now, what you said, yes, they were. Yeah, Okay, they may be in the same exact situation that they are in now if they were a boomer bust team. But Tony Larusa is the only team in baseball right now playing that small ball mentality. And when it boils down to it, when you play small ball, you win games. And it goes to show right now with this team being in first place. Yeah. I, I mean, plain and simple, man. I mean, there's, there's no argument for it because they are in first place. If they were still the same team with Yosemite Grandal not being and having an on-base percentage and swinging for the fences every fucking time, having an on-base of 210 instead of 394. I mean, he, he was the show. 136. So, I mean, it's not like <laughs> it he's matter. batting out it's of the still, fucking still the same thing, right though. <laughs> and Tim Anderson was the same way. Tim Anderson don't walk for shit. But look at his on-base percentage this year. It's one of the highest it's ever been in his career. All right. And he don't forget he's also Tim Tony LaRusso is also the guy that called up your mean Mercedes. It wasn't fucking the other Rick Hahn. It wasn't Kenny Williams that called him up. It was Tony LaRusso. Like, hey, this kid can rake. I'm bringing this kid up. We lost Eloy. We lost Luis Robert. 
we got to bring up somebody here that could hit the fucking baseball. And so they brought here, him up. You, but would, I think another manager brought him would have brought him up though. If and Roberts didn't get hurt, he wouldn't have brought him up. Right. That's the difference, though. Like if those injuries right. don't happen, he doesn't but get he called did. up. And that, that but any manager's going to do get, that, Mike. Right. Any manager no, no. is going to have that. Yeah. But he's also made the decision instead of grabbing. Okay, fuck it. I can bring up another youthful arm, or I can bring up a guy that can fill up a speedy spot, or something like that. We've seen it all the time happen with the Cubs. Remember right, fucking the Bobby Scales? Was, was a does, does anybody remember Bobby Scales? I mean, <laughs> wow, for fuck's sake. All right. I mean, listen. <laughs> and Bobby Scales couldn't hit fucking water if he fell out of no. a boat. Right. All, right. all I'm saying is that, like, when Eloy goes down and Roberts goes down, what? where's the void in your team? It's at the plate, right? So they're not going to bring in a guy that – is a speedster. They don't need Let's to bring go. in an arm because it's an obvious. Rotation. It's an obvious decision, right? That's what. Angela's That's all I'm trying to say. At. I'm yeah. not saying that it was the wrong or right decision. I'm like, just saying one of us in that scenario when that those guys went stuff. down, the next obvious. You know, he was the obvious choice to bring yeah. up the best bat they had in the minor Let's league. Because that right. uses the DH. He doesn't play a field. Exactly. But that gave the should have been the same way. You had two outfielders go down. You had two outfielders go down. Yeah. Guys that are perennial out, the, the guys that are continuous everyday starters in your lineup in the outfield. You have two guys go down, and then you're going to bring up a DH. Yeah. And your, and point, then, your point is invalid. And well, then you what, your point, out, right? what your yeah, point was just done in there. Well, your point was then just then just then and there, you're like I gotta bring up a guy that can play outfield. When was the no, last time you seen I him would, they play outfield? somebody with a bat? That's all I said. Yeah, they, okay. they can avoid at the bat, and that's what they did. That's a massive bat loss right. there. That's all that they when, when those two it's guys a massive down, they needed a guy that could yeah, hit, and that's who they brought up. That's what I think too. I'm just saying, man, this I team I don't think it would have mattered, Mike. <laughs> I think it would have been I think it does. I, I really do. I'm not gonna argue anymore on it. We're we're not we're never gonna agree on it. No, we're but not. <laughs> I, I'm I'm telling you, but like I'm I don't know, man. That's that's I just hope this it. doesn't come to bite them come playoff time where he comes out during the playoffs and then he does the same kind of dumb shit and he makes stupid mistakes in the playoffs. That's my biggest fear for this team from the day they got him was that oh my god. He's going to blow it in the playoffs. He's going I understand to make a stupid small ball call. during the regular season. I get it. Small ball. Small ball during the playoffs it, wins championship. It's going to be small ball everywhere, yeah. That's the right call to do I don't know. I think outs, outs the playoffs in the playoffs matter more than small ball. I personally. think so. No. And you're going to give up no, an out because on a hunt. You are constantly putting pressure on them. You're constantly putting pressure on that defense, on that pitcher. Playing, playing small ball. Way. I right. 100% agree with Mike on that. Yeah, like, the, yeah, no, it's not fucking over for us come no. playoff time. No. You look at all those Yankee Yankee championships. You look at in the, in the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah. You look at every World Series team since then. It's always been manufacture runs to win yeah. the fucking game. And if there's one master of it in baseball history, it's Tony fucking Larusa. Plain and simple, he's a master of manufacturing runs, and he's going to do it. I wish I could look up his run differential. I hope every year he was a coach. I'm gonna try to find that. Oh, I hope for the next show. It doesn't go bad. That's all I gotta say. All right, guys, really quick, another quick word from another one of our sponsors. This is White Oak Farms venue out in Michigan City. These guys are awesome. This is actually where I'm getting married, guys. You guys are gonna be at my wedding, so it's gonna be a lot of fun. Oh, we are, but it's gonna be beautiful. But here, check it out, honey. Will you marry me? Yes, yes, 
Let's get out of here. Come to Indiana's premier venue. Come to the farm. Come see all the wildlife. Come to White Oak Farm Venue in Michigan City, Indiana. Come to our 80-acre sanctuary right off I-94 in Michigan City, Indiana. Come see all we have to offer from two brand-new Amish-built barns with climate control. Come see the ponds with beautiful waterfalls, meadows and wildflowers, and so much more. Come see our secluded venue. After you enter our private road, you'll be in your own world away from it all, with outdoor ceremony spaces, wood-fired pizza ovens, and lots of fresh air. Come enjoy Northwest Indiana's premier wedding venue, where you gather with your family and friends. Stretch your legs and enjoy the most memorable day of your life. Visit White Oak Farm Venue at whiteoakfarmvenue.com or on Facebook slash Instagram. Woo! We're back. We are back. Yay, yay, yay. Yep. What's this breaking news that this breaking news I heard about us going to your wedding? I didn't even know that. Yeah, everybody's oh, invited to my wedding. We all are. of us, all I, of us are going. I didn't know that. Mike's yeah. even invited. You I guys are going. I'm not coming. <laughs> you guys no. are going. I'm not coming. No, I'm, I'm hanging out at home Poor watching Megan. baseball that day. Poor Megan. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be watching the Cubs and Sox that day. I'm not coming. But yeah, guys. Well, Ooh. I mean, I, everybody I mean, watching right now is invited. That's what he just said. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody, come on out. But you got to pay for food and booze and all that other good hundred dollars at the door. <laughs> Just give me all your monies because we need it. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, on that note, guys. I mean, I'm done. You guys done? Uh, real quick, I do want to say one thing. Uh, I need one million people. Oh yes, thank to, you. I was going to bring this up. You stole it. <laughs> donate or buy in with me thirty five hundred dollars. And we'll buy the Chicago Bears. Yes. Yes. The Virginia is finally Bears. going to let go Arlington of Heights Bears. Please let go. Just think, jump off the boat already, lady. I mean, just, bro, she's been off the boat. She's just chilling. She's, uh, I'm, pretty sure she, I'm pretty sure she sunk with the Titanic. They just resurrected her. It's been 84 years. She's that lady from She's the lady yeah. from the Titanic movie. It's been 84 years yeah. or whatever it is. She's the last survivor. No, I am on board with it. I actually heard Jeff Bezos, Amazon owner, is one of the um, early I don't like Jeff Bezos. So like, I mean, that's a crazy concept, though. If you think about what he could bring. To the NFL, to the Bears, like that's going to make them a prime spot. He's going to redo everything. I'm in. Lonzo the McCaskey Bears. style. I'm in. I'm anybody. Do they stay as the Chicago Bears, or does he move them to like? I wouldn't care if they're no, called the fucking Chicago not. Amazons. I don't give well, a I shit. I don't care about the the Bears part. They call them the the Chicago Spearheads. No. I don't know. You're not ever changing, bro. Chicago, fuck. You don't think so? No, no way. Like uh, they could have like a. You're not changing the name like of the Kansas charter City. franchise in the NFL. That's oh, not happening. It's the anymore. charter franchise. It's never going to happen. I don't care. Don't care. You can move them to fucking. Dude, we should call them the. You can move them to Timbuktu and call them the fucking jerk offs. The Timbuktu jerk offs. <laughs> Why well, wouldn't root for them? They're not out of Chicago. I'm not going to cheer. I'd for still root for them. I got a lot of field where I'm at here. They could come here. That's fine. In your backyard? Yeah, Dude, sure. let's do it. That'd be prime right. spot for you. Like, fuck yeah. I would never have to leave. I'd be happy. All right, guys, I'm done. 
All right. You're always done. I'm done. It's been a long day. It has. I got a dog bite bite that I got to clean. Bro, show everybody. No, don't please do it. No, that's not a good idea. Here's a no. tiny bruise. Here's that's a tiny bruise. Good. That's, that's good shit. This is this is what you are made of, baby. That's then, oh here God. comes. Do My, it. Oh, it's like a car accident. You just can't help but look. <laughs> you can't look away. Oh. <laughs> the car he accident. By, he got bit by a dog. He got bit by Megan. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Very hard. <laughs> if that was the case. All because I didn't want to watch Lost. <laughs> uh, speaking I, of Netflix, we should have we should have a topic. What's what's everyone's favorite binge worthy show and have people come on and talk about I it? I think next Game week, I think next week, me and you, we do a draft pick of shows. Like best shows ever, and we I do a bracket. Two completely different spectrums over here. That's going to be two completely different. I see a lot. Well, yeah, of you're you're going to pick like friends. You're going to pick like He's friends in, like, a lot of in Shore One and Tree Mike. Hill and oh, fucking no. Dawson's Creek. He's picking Jersey like Shore. One Tree Hill. That show is terrible. You're going to pick like One Tree Hill and Dawson's Creek. And I actually hate the uh, actor that was in Dawson's Creek. And Buffy I probably was Vampire Slayer. Buffy, everybody watch Buffy. Let's be honest. Oh, I'm gonna pick good shows like The Sopranos and Cheers. Uh, Cheers, oh, I love so Cheers. Good. I used to love The Sopranos. Cheers. Is fantastic. Yeah, the show, Norm Sopranos was the shit. Norm was but, the guy, man. Period. All right, okay. guys. Well, thank you for joining the meeting tonight, guys. I appreciate it. As always. Anytime. Oh, spoiler! What's up? Would you say spoiler. somebody dies? I said Tony Soprano doesn't die. So what's up? Hope I didn't hope I ruined it for somebody who never the entire it. family dies. You don't know that. Me? Yeah. I, I've you've never it. watched the Sopranos. Nope. The entire oh, family gets sniped up. in the fucking restaurant. Oh, you I don't, don't need to watch it. Now, dies. That's not true. You don't have to watch it. I just told you the end. No, he does need to watch it. it. I don't have he to watch, need it, to watch it because it's so much better than just a little the last late now. I'm not watching it. <laughs> everybody dies, Alan. That's all you got to know. Is yep. Everybody dies. That's a lot like of people Game of Thrones do for me. Everybody dies in Game of Thrones, basically. I love Game of Thrones. The same thing. I'm I'm a fanboy. I'm a nerd when it comes to that show. Like I. Could oh, by the way, up. have you guys seen the new season of Rick and Morty season four? Yes, I'm fucking pumped for it. Awesome. Season so, five comes out next so month. Just so you know about Game of Thrones, I'm in a Game of fucking Thrones shirt. Right dude, now. I got I'm a, a fanboy. Dude, dude I got I a am... Tyrion Lannister shirt in my, oh, nice. in my thing. I was going to wear it today, but I didn't. I wore it. <laughs> Angelo just mic dropped. That, that that's all right. He's all right. Let's talk. Whatever. Have a... Get out of here. Game of... No, no, fuck him. He's out. Fuck him. I'm, I'm <laughs> Get out of here. You're cast here away. We're... Shame. How's... Shame. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> Shame. Shame. You're gonna have Angela. to walk naked on the podcast next week. Shame. That'd be a bad Shame. one. Shame. Shame. Uh, rocks I and watermelons at him. Shame. 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 Oh man. Shame. Damn, Angie. All right, Angie. All right, guys. Well, that's it. That that concludes our night tonight. Dude, my eyes look crazy. Was. I look like Michael Jackson in the Thriller video right now. Definitely no, not really. Not really. A little bit. Mm-mm. Not at all. Sure. Not not even a slight resemblance. Nope. Well, I don't <laughs> have that cool jacket. Zero <laughs> resemblance. Or the weird little fucking hobbit nose. <laughs>
But yeah, I mean, we'll figure it out. Yeah, this thing's fucking. No, you're being ignorant. No. <laughs> no. Like on South no. Park. <laughs> no. No. Why does every fucking half hour of this show no. get weird into this? Because it's awesome. Because you have people like me and Mike bullshit. here talking. It means absolutely nothing no. to the project. It brings no, nothing. You're being ignorant. It's just you're a moment for us to act like morons no. and piss off even more people. You're ignorant. Like on that note, I think it's time to go, gentlemen. All right, yeah. Thank you to everybody who hopped on in with us tonight. Thank you to all our sponsors. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And a special thank you to Scott Merkin from MLB.com, White Sox reporter, jumping yes. in with us tonight. It was a great time having him on. Awesome. He is our White Sox guy. He comes on with us as much as he possibly can when he's not doing games. But, yeah, on that note, I'm going to go watch the Cubs, guys, and we'll have a lot to report yep. on tomorrow. So, I think they're winning right now, Scott. All right, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. On that note, guys, Angelo, say bye. Say bye. -bye. bye. I said bye bye. All right, Alan, say bye. Bye bye bye. And I'm out, motherfucker. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. We will see you guys next week. Thank you to everybody. We appreciate it.